Hey everyone, Jonathan here. So, uh, Robinson Crusoe is apparently lost on a desert island. I realize this is not exactly a news flash. However, our Robinson Crusoe series is going to be delayed. In the meantime, we present to you something else. Happy Monday, everyone. Welcome back to the Snakes Cast. I'm Jonathan, and joining me this week for the first time in ages is Mandy Gelsma. Thanks for coming back, Mandy. No problem. Thanks for having me. It's great to see you. So, uh, we have talked about legacy games on the show fairly recently, but the immediate predecessor to legacy games, and one that's still very much alive and well, is campaign games. Yeah, this is a topic we both have a lot of interest in, so prepare for some rambling. Here's the thing. Most board games are what are called session play. You play one session, and the game's done. It's like a movie. You go to the movie, the movie's over, you go home, it's over. Campaign games are more like a television series. You get to the end of the episode, and you want to come back and play, find what happens after that. It keeps going over time. And when you've got something where the game changes permanently, like you rip up cards, and you put stickers on the board, and you write stuff down, that is that would be a legacy game. But campaign games don't always have to be like that. And the appeal of them is quite intense. Campaign games were a big thing for you as you got back into the hobby, right? Yeah, I remember um, when I first started Six and Lattes, you and I would game quite a bit and mm-hmm. you introduced me to the wonderful world of Mice and Mystics. Oh, and it really let me flex my my love of narrative in board games. Mm-hmm. That's uh, what really turned me back into the hobby. Was, first one was Gloom, just realizing that there was a mechanic that allowed and encouraged me to ramble in a way that I do in everyday life, which is perfect. And make up stories about all these weird little people there. That little minion that's about to attack us. He has a family that... <laughs> <laughs> he's sick and needs money. That's why he's a mercenary. That kind of nonsense. The comparison between Gloom and Mice and Mystics, I think, is a useful one, too, because Gloom's a session play game. Mm-hmm. It's like you've got your stories and stuff. Like, uh, d- Doesn't the game actually have rules where every time you play a card, you have to sort of narrate what? Yeah, so you're trying to basically make horrible things happen to a family. <laughs> the more, the better, because they're worth points. And then you want to kill them. So okay. make them as miserable as possible and then kill them. And while you're doing it, these cards are beautifully illustrated with tons of alliteration, and it just adds to the story to just sounds like a lemony snicket kind of exactly yes yeah. series of unfortunate events kind of pretty deal. much if they made that into a board game you'd have gloom so you compare that with mice and mystics which is a campaign game did you find that the the sort of uh, the ongoing format of one session followed by another followed by another the episodes are going gave you more latitude for that sort of thing or did it constrain you more in terms of the stories that you could um, do mice and mystics has a pretty well thought out storyline so in some ways it did kind of restrict how far I went but knowing me I always find a way to <laughs> add weird things to a story to build it up over time it's um I think that it's been said that you know creativity always flourishes under constraints and being given all the backstory so you know who Nez is, you know who these characters are, that in, in, in a way it sort of invited you in mm-hmm. to make that your own. And the fact that you kept seeing these same characters again and again in different circumstances, I think, even even though the story might have been more constrained, I think we were all able to get more into it because mm-hmm. these were people we had struggled alongside right. over the course of a series of adventures. They were really well uh, two-dimensionally designed characters, mm-hmm. and that allowed us to make them three-dimensional characters mm-hmm. by adding stuff to it as we went on for various chapters. 
And um, would you say that that's kind of the general appeal of these campaign games, the fact that you can get more immersed in them? Yes. I like investing. I, I care less about max winning my turn. Even winning, for me, is all about the experience and mm. the story. So that's why campaign games appeal most to me. Yeah, I think for narrative-type players, for ones whom the story is the most important thing, if why wouldn't you want to go back, right? Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it wasn't truly the end of the story, unless everybody died. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and even then, you know, something else happened in that world afterwards. Mm-hmm. So how come we don't have these kinds of games of snakes and lattes? Obvious question. <laughs> well, they usually have a huge footprint. They take up a lot of table space. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of pieces, pieces that are integral to the game, that if they went missing would break the game. Uh, They tend to be more expensive, so opening them up does cost some amount of money. And if we were to lose them, it's not as easy to replace as a box of cards. Especially if it's like one piece. Yeah, or code names, where if you lose pieces from those games, it definitely doesn't break the game. Mm. Um, And just the fact that you have to uh, um, group together the same motley crew of humans to play it every week. I guess that's probably the biggest obstacle uh, even when you're playing it at home, is being um, adults, if you are adults, that's... Um, Never. Re- <laughs> yeah, but adulting is hard, even for those of us who refuse to accept it, because schedules and children and jobs and other obnoxious things have a tendency to get in the way of getting that same group of people together in the same place at the same time. Like, we've never been able to finish that campaign no, of Mice and Mystics, no, just... even like, a couple of years after the fact. It's still sitting there taunting us. Well, how far did we get in? Like, chapter Episode 5, five? I think, yeah. is where we got to. Oh, and, and, out of didn't 11. we lose that? It was very, like... We lost it once. It was. And I think that might have kind of taken the wind out of ourselves a little bit. Maybe, yes. But uh, the thing is that it wasn't long after that we each kind of wound up joining other groups. Yes, I've been on an almost three-year-long descent campaign, or Mm. like various campaigns over time. But even then, like uh, Thursdays, you know, Asterix is our day that we play descent. And we just finished a vacation-type period this summer where we were only able to get together twice in three months, just because scheduling. But we're now finally back into it. So the idea of, in fact, the use of the word campaign, you might be thinking, it's like, why are they called campaigns? Because isn't that like a word you'd use in a military type situation, Mm -hmm. like an army having one battle after another? That's a campaign. Well, yes. In (laughs) fact, that is where it comes from, because campaigns arise from war games and like military simulations from going way back to Jules Verne and Little Wars in the late 19th century. What happened was that in the 70s, some wonderful, wonderful people named Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson had the idea of, well, hold on, what if what if these like medieval battles we were doing had like wizards and Lord of the Rings type stuff in them? Yes. And, th- and then what, what would happen if it wasn't just like the battles over? What happened if we had, instead of having a whole army, you were just one person, like an awesome person, like a wizard or something? And what if over time you get experience points and gradually become stronger so you could have these sort of stories that happen one thing after another and thus Dungeons and Dragons was born? <sighs> D&D has a problem, though, and that is that it's super hard to get into for a lot of reasons. Like, um, Descent, Descent would have been... I mean, have you since had the chance to try D&D? And- yes, and I absolutely adore it. And I, I am not currently in a campaign, but I want to remedy that in my life very quickly. <laughs> so how come you didn't jump in straight there? Why why Mason Mystics and Descent and other stuff before D&D? Well, when I got into the hobby, uh, I'm someone who, who was always very nervous to try new things, a little insecure, a little bit self-conscious. I so feel you. <laughs> when I when I got back when I started working at Snakes, I was lucky to be absorbed into a lot of really awesome gaming groups, yourself included, okay. that made me feel more comfortable. But I generally like D&D seemed like something that was just way out of my league and oftentimes, you know, sometimes it has to do with being a girl in gaming. Other times it's just, you know, it's very complicated. I 
Uh, there's lots of bits. I remember I wrote a blog post for Snakes where I was intimidated by a game because it had too many cubes, but I've since <laughs> overcome that fear. So uh, Mice and Mystics was like, you know, the, the campaign game with training wheels. It it had uh, a story already outlined. It had mechanics that you followed, um, you know, a, an objective per chapter. Uh, and you're like, okay, I can do this. And then after that, it was, you know, Descent, which had a very loose storyline that we could build on and like more complex mechanics. And then D&D just let me go wild. <laughs> like I developed a character that kind of developed a life of its own in my last campaign. I love when that happens. I mean, writers talk about how when they're writing stories and characters sort of tend to take on a life of their own and they realize that this person's writing their own dialogue. I love when that happens mm-hmm. in games as well. Mm-hmm. The characters start to feel like someone you've known. Um, of course, the, 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 the other big part, the, the, all of those barriers you mentioned get in almost everybody's way who tries to do this. Plus, you've got the scheduling problems. Right. Um, plus, you know, the, the sheer complexity involved in, and then the sheer width of options. Like, Mice and Mystics Descent, you get to pick a character. Right. And there it is, fully formed, and you can sort of project your own ideas of their backstory and their hopes and dreams and stuff onto it and make it your own. With a role-playing game, typically your character isn't given to you. You have to create them from scratch. You have to figure out what their name is. You have to decide what they're good at. You have to go through this whole process of mm-hmm. creating somebody. And that's just for the players. There's one more person, the dungeon master or game master, depending on what game you're playing in, who has an even tougher job. That person has to basically be the game right. that everybody else is playing. They have to be the entire cast of thousands in the whole world. They have to basically throw problems at the players to create drama and intrigue. And um, it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. It's definitely something I want to do eventually. I think that is the end game for me with campaign games is to be a DM because I let my myself fully go loose on creating a world mm-hmm. and a verse. It's, it's extremely rewarding. I mean, no other gaming activity, for me at least, has offered the same sense of accomplishment, the same sense of, wow, I actually did this. But the fact that it is such a huge barrier to entry does make it a bit of a problem. Also, I think the fact that you have one person who's sort of kind of not really playing against the rest of the group can be an issue. Because as a game master, when I'm playing a game, I need to make sure the game feels fair Mm -hmm. to the players. I have to make them feel threatened. I have to make them feel like this could go badly. They could be in danger. But I don't actually want to kill them because... Then the story ends quickly and everyone's grumpy. And then, (laughs) then it's no fun at all. So walking that tightrope can be really hard. When you've got a board game that's doing that uh, over the the course of a period of time, you can either have, like in Descent, you've got the Overlord, whose job is to just kill the players dead. Yeah. Or you can have a game that's fully cooperative, where there is no Overlord, where the game itself is going to be the game master, and nobody has to worry about doing all that preparation, having all that responsibility. Um, the new version of Descent has a version that's run by an app where the game takes care of that for yeah, you, right? Yeah, it's true. We haven't tried that yet, um, but our overlord, Ben, hey Ben, uh, is really eager to try that because he hasn't really been able to play as one of the heroes Does yet. that bug him? Sometimes he asked us very slyly this campaign start if, if one of us would be willing to take over Overlord, but we're so set in our ways now. We all like being <laughs> heroes. And he makes a really good overlord, so... Mm. So I guess that explains why there's so many games coming out these days where it's fully cooperative, where you don't have to worry about one person being the bad guys. Right. Um, I don't mind that personally as much, although I find that if I do wind up being an overlord, I find myself thinking I could just be playing D&D at this point. Exactly. 
because then I have the full freedom to have things like make somebody's backstory come back to haunt them or do all these sorts of things. The fact that it's so freeform gives you more options, but by the same token, it's a ton more work. Mm-hmm. So, okay, that's, I guess that's probably a good enough introduction to mm-hmm. what the deal is. Okay, let's come back on Wednesday, and I'm going to get you to tell us why Descent is so awesome. Yes! You can, you can do that, right? Finally! Yes. Okay, here we go. See you Wednesday, everyone.